ready for action. Nip it in the bud, we never relaxing. Outcast is everlasting. Not clashing, not at all. But see, my nigga went to do a little acting. Now that's for anyone asking. Give me one and pass them. Drip, drip, drop. There it goes, an orgasm. Hey, what up? Welcome back to the Rad Dad Podcast, episode 24. Zach Joe here with you. Adam might be joining. We are not entirely sure if we're being completely honest. He has been uh, jet setting around, making moves. Uh, just, I mean, what do you want to, what do we call it? I mean, well, I, I feel like now if people are listening to the podcast, they might think he's dead. <laughs> hey, these well, we two did a episodes, show with him last week. I, well, we've just kind of, no, last time we didn't. Remember, he missed last time too, didn't he? Oh, uh, maybe he did. He did. Uh, me and me and uh, he and I did a solo show. Yeah, and then me and you have done the last two. Okay. Okay. And apparently he's still alive. He's texting every once in a while, but he can't even trust he's not, that. He's not dead. I mean, we don't. Have you been in the same room with him? Well, there, there you go. Who can say? Who knows? Um, but yeah, he's been uh, he, he's been traveling. Um, work stuff left and right he's a, he's a busy man he's a busy man yes he he's got he's got three kids he's the raddest of the dads on the show because he has more kids than us um, he's an important guy you know he's got a lot going on but uh we're still here we're gonna talk we got a got a little bit of a docket here uh probably unless we go off on some tangent it's gonna be sports heavy that's sorry that's just what it is that's what it is folks um i can't get you that much dad wise now because my kid's only like six weeks old I mean, it's like he just he eats, he eats, he farts, he shits, and then it's just a repeating cycle is all it is. I mean, and it's like, dude, like eventually something happens here, right? And you get excited because you're like, oh, like that was a good poop. That's what I'm like. That's what you know. Your life becomes. It's kind of weird. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, good, good poop, bud. Good, good job. Glad you um, got that one out. When they're old enough to know that farting is quote funny, it's pretty funny. It really is. That's when, yeah, when they start doing that and then they giggle and like run away. That's it, it is pretty funny. I mean, um, and the farts too are, are very adultish sometimes. It's it's kind of crazy. Oh, they kids and then dude when they when they start eating real food, I mean they'll clear a room out. Well, so. It tell me, tell me if I'm thinking of this wrong. But how does a child that's this age take shits that just reek of just pure, like satanic acid? Like I don't understand it. You're not taking in like Buffalo Wild Wings. You're not taking in crystals. Like you're everything. Y'all feeding feed that kid a papadilla? Dude, I don't know, man. It could be. It could be when I'm at work, kids just going on the on the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the Cool Ranch Dorito Papadilla. You know, I, I don't know what's happening. Got you know. got uh, got influenced by DJ Khaled. <laughs> got got caught with a with a targeted ad. Look now now that now that they've stooped to DJ Khaled. Not that there's anything wrong with DJ Khaled. Worst spokesman for Papa John's, DJ Collett or Papa John himself. God, fucking John Sh- Shatner. What a huge piece of shit. Um, hey, dude, at least DJ Khaled, like, have you seen him on Instagram playing golf? I just, he plays golf like every day of his life now, doesn't he? 
which I guess helps when you're trying to improve his go- yeah. his golf swing and like his game over the last couple months is not bad. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't look bad. It looks like he's definitely improving. I expect I it's say, way worse. I would say that he is of the income bracket to where it's probably a little bit easier to improve at golf because I think yeah, if he yeah, wants yeah. to, you know, play golf for the next six years, he can just do that if he wants to, and it'll work out for him. Yeah, I don't. He doesn't need to make any more music. No, he could probably just make money off of the. Yeah, I don't know what did residuals, I guess, in music. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he's doing fine. Well, it's um, a big, big week for him. He's got to go to start going to finals games, I guess now too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like when you're rich, I've always said when you're like filthy rich, it's much easier to specialize in something like golf or tennis. Yeah. Cause you can afford it. You can afford good equipment. You can afford, uh, you can afford lessons if you want that. Also, if you're filthy rich, you probably have a lot of free time. Yeah. Um, also, uh, eating well, like it's, e- it's e- easier to eat. Well, definitely. Cause somebody like him just has like a chef. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I want to go, uh, whole 30 for a month or out, you know, keto, or let's just go carnivore diet for a while. Like he doesn't have to do shit. Like somebody does it for him. And then they're like, Hey, it's time to eat. And then he sits down and eats it. And then he leaves. He doesn't even have to do dishes. Gus, thank you. I appreciate it. Bless up. We're good. I appreciate you dog. He probably says that. (laughs) Hey, I just want you to know, I appreciate you. He points at him when he says it. This is a chef that has no idea like what he is or who he is. He's like, why does this guy keep on fucking doing this? This guy has this guy has twelve thousand pairs of shoes, and his yeah. house is is eighteen thousand square feet. Like he's a DJ, but I haven't seen any turntables. Very strange. <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, his golf game is just again. I I was like, I started seeing him pop up playing golf, and I was like, oh god, like. <laughs> get this off my timeline, but he's, he's not bad. Hey, and you know what, DJ Collin, if you're a listener of the podcast, if you want to come play golf at Cherokee Valley and Olive Branch, I'll cover your greens fee. There I'll cover is. it. You know? Yeah. Uh, so before we hit record, I, I told you, I said, hold it. Let's not, let's not fire off these takes just yet. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to start just going. But the uh, reigning national college player of the year in the sport of basketball, Mr. Zach Eady announced uh, earlier this evening that he was returning to Purdue. Um, uh, I mean, what a junior season for Mr. Edie. He was pretty much the wire-to-wire player of the year. I don't really think there was any question. Um, he dominated. Big Ten player of the year. Uh, numerous publications named him player of the year. Consensus first team All-American. Um, averaged 22.3. Points, 12.9 rebounds, um, 2.1 blocks, shot 60% from the field. I mean, just Jesus, insane. Um, what do you think? Because we, I said it, and then I was like, hold that thought. Let's get it on the show. But is this a revenge, like, comeback season? Um, or is this a, maybe the, the NBA was like, hey, you need to work on a couple things. I think it 
it can, in my mind, it can be a little bit of both, but I think that a, a heavy percentage of it is he probably got good advice from people he hired or people in the NBA. And they probably said, look, bud, you know, if this was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, God damn, you, you probably didn't want to pick in the draft. It's not, yeah, you know, go back, hone the skills a little bit more. Um, it'll do nothing but improve your draft stock. And I would imagine with NIL endorsements and everything, Zachy's probably making some decent money at Purdue. Like, yeah, to me, that would be a good school to be the top basketball and or football player at. They've got a seemingly pretty rabid, loyal fan base and kind of following mm. around the area. You know, it's, it's funny to me though. I think of last year's college basketball season and two of my favorite players to watch were Zach Eady and Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. And both of those guys, Eady's coming back and Jackson Davis, as far as I know, is like being looked at as like a second round pick. And it's kind of wild seeing two guys who I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Like I watched Purdue basketball last year. I watched Indiana basketball last year for no yeah. reason other than to watch these two guys. And they're both basically being told by the NBA before this draft, we don't really want you right now, you know, sorry. And it's just, it, it's wild to think that the, the games have become that different in terms of what is expected. And what is, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's just kind of wild. To think. Right. Yeah, because I mean, there's not many, not many teams in college basketball run their offense through a big man. No, I mean, I think towards the end of that run, there were certain games when UConn ran it through, and I his name is escaping me. Um, because of matchups and everything, yeah, they they right, they weren't doing that yeah. every single game. God, what is his name? No. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big, like the game is played above the rim, but is with wings and guards and it's, it's very rare now, excuse me. It's very rare that you get a true center who dominates like he did offensively. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's almost a, you, you feel bad for him. Because Zach Eady is a very skilled basketball player who's very, I mean, very, very good. And people look at him and go, well, why can't you be Jokic? Yeah. And it's like, well, well folks, yeah. Nikola Jokic, I, I think showing that he maybe should have been the three-time MVP in the postseason, and it's just an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. You know, why can't you be Embiid? Embiid's a guy that, hey, you know, I think it was uh, – I think it was a story that Gary Parrish told that when he was at the first practice, when Embiid was at Kansas, Bill Self like yelled at Embiid to do something and he did it and Self turned around to Parrish and was like, that's the best guy I will ever coach. It's like these, these guys are pretty rare when, they, when they're this good. Right. I mean, it's and not Zach like Eden, a, yeah. Yeah. It's not transitive property. Like you look like this guy physically. Yeah. So do that. Yeah. That's like, that's like, you know, I don't know. Take your pick. Let's see. I'm trying to think of like five, 10 dudes. Um, yeah, I will say, I will say this. I don't know why Zach Eady couldn't become like a Steven Adams type person in the NBA. Yeah. He's, 
it's good. not like Steven. It's not like Steven Adams had some in create crazy skill set coming out of pit, and he he just developed it and had good coaching. And I, He's a little, I, I don't more athletic. That, yeah, I mean, he Edie to me is still. Edie's just so he's, sick. He's like so I'm not stiff. worried about him. I'm not worried about injuries or anything with him. But yeah, you're right. He's. He's big. He's, I mean, he's he's north of three hundred pounds at seven yeah. four. I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah. So yeah, he's not. You know, it's not like a. It's to, like a durability is not going to be an issue with him because he's big. Yeah. Um. And I don't think he's too big. And then because you know, like Yao Ming, like with him, it was just his ankles and his knees. Yeah. And, um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's probably a little bit of both. I mean. Uh, if you if you ask Zach Eady, you know, hey, how do you think your junior year ended up? He'd, hey, one, he'd that's... probably kick you in the chest, but also, yeah. yeah, I mean, very competitive, high level athlete. He's not doesn't want to lose. Well, and so, also, I'll say this: he got the shit kicked out of him in that game, and they didn't both whistle at all. Like that dude gets the absolute piss kicked out of him. Every single game he plays in, and it's like Shaq back in the, in the NBA, they just don't give him a call because well, he's huge. And it's like, well, it doesn't mean like when he gets hit in the arm yeah. and everything, it doesn't affect him. Like, you know, maybe the refs will call. I mean, that happened in both Indiana <laughs> games, too. Yeah. <laughs> At this I mean, point, and I'm not just saying this because of, you know, you know, shout out Cody Melly, you know, Purdue Bowler Maker, you know, fan. <laughs> I'm not just saying this for him. proxy. But goddamn, like Purdue needs to win something, man. Matt Painter needs to win something. Like, I don't dislike anything about that program. The other than the fact that like they just can't win shit. The ultimate like underachieving. Yes. Like big name program. Yeah. Um, I mean they've been good for so long and they just cannot get it done. Yeah. It's like just do something. Like, I mean shit. <laughs> I mean, let's look at so Painter's been there for 18 years. That's that's insane. He's gone to the NCAA tournament one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen times. <sighs> Got bailed out by COVID because they were bad that year. Um, been to the sweet 16, one, two, three, four times, one elite eight. Um, in the eighteen nineteen season, which that was the year that that wasn't Robbie Hummel, was it? Robbie Hummel was before that. Yeah, because this was the year Virginia yeah. beat Texas Tech. That's um, right. Yeah. Who did they lose to? They they lost to one of those two teams, right? They lost to Texas Tech or Virginia, right? Efforting. Efforting. I thought they lost to Virginia on like some Virginia coming back like some stupid shit. Uh, that was that Carson Edwards Purdue team. Gotcha. Okay. They lost to, yep, they lost to Virginia. Yeah. 80 to 75. <laughs> um, and Virginia's been paying for it. Oh, it was, it was overtime. Yeah. That was that Kyle Guy Virginia team. Yep. Yeah, Carson. Oh, no, you mean uh, you Carson mean uh, Austin Nichols? 
<laughs> yeah. Carson Edwards had 42 in that game. Shit. Like, but what's it? Okay. Could not have done anything else. Him, Jade Navi, you know, Robbie Hummel back in the day, Zach, like players play there. And it just, it blows my mind. It's just, it hasn't clicked for them in the tournament at all. It just, it's stupid. Yeah. And I like Matt Painter. It's, it's wild to me. I mean, I think, dude, I've been burned by them probably four or five times in a bracket. They're the, where I'm like, oh, they're getting to the final four. They're the east of the Mississippi, uh, Arizona. Like, there's a ton of talent yeah. that's seemingly gone through there. They've had ah, good coaches. Had Arizona in the final four this year. Yeah. They've had good coaches, and yet it just doesn't click. It, it doesn't work. <clears throat> I mean, Arizona's got one national title, which is mind-blowing. That was one where they came through Memphis, because remember Mike Bibby like, bought some voodoo shit on Beale Street, I think, and like kind of messed around with it, and it just ended up starting to flow for him. Miles Simon, Mike Bibby, all those guys. That team, who was on that 97 team? I know Simon and Bibby. Fucking Ludolson, baby. Before Mike Bibby got swole. Dude, he is he is uncomfortably jacked now. Steroids are a hell of a drug, folks. <laughs> it's a good. That's a good tease for a topic later in the show. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. God. Sometimes Wikipedia just really fucking sucks. Um, I forgot Lute Olson was at Iowa before he was at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Looks much more like an Iowa head coach than Arizona head coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a nice little run to end his end his career at Iowa. Went to the tournament five straight years. Uh, the last five years he was there. One season at Long Beach State, twenty four and two. Christ, Easy man. playing at the. They play at the pyramid, don't they? Is that Long Beach State that plays at the pyramid? Saw that tweet going around. Yeah, it's Walter, 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 Long Beach. Walter Pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About to send a picture, dude. It looks like a stumpier uh, Memphis pyramid. To me, yes. To me, it also looks like uh, like a religious cult, like church. Oh yeah, it looks like uh, yeah. Just pick your Netflix special. Which some would say that the Bass Pro Shops pyramid, weird religious cult church. Dude, you you could make yeah. They're finally doing a rooftop parties in the summer, by the way. I saw that. Yeah, that pyramid looks like it could be like Heaven's Gate. That's it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, that shit was crazy. Uh, yeah, that's a creepy looking pyramid. The Memphis Pyramid is somewhat inviting. Even, even before it was a Bass Pro Shops. And they refer to it as the Tomb of Doom. This is not inviting looking. This is way, this is creepy. way way too smooth. Yeah, I don't I don't want that shit. Probably the coolest name for an arena back in the day, the Tomb of Doom. The Tomb of Doom. 
Like literally this is where people are buried in pyramids. Yeah. Their sarcophagi are down there in the tomb. And then you could like walk past that one popcorn stand and be like, that's where RC Johnson buried Larry Finch. (laughs) And they had all the, uh, they had all the great eighties designs of all the hieroglyphics and all the. It's amazing. God, I hate that they quit playing there. It was bullshit. Fucking NBA. David Stern, you asshole. But now they have the forum, and the forum is... <laughs> yeah, we have the forum. We have the forum now, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Zach Eady coming back. I mean, that'll be fun. Defend I like his it. Defend his player of the year title. Because he's coming back. Baycott's coming back. Yeah, I think the 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 NIL and the advent of of these guys actually be able to make a little bit of what they're worth in college to me has seemingly had a much better effect on college basketball than it has on football. You know, these guys that are the quote unquote, you know, they're good college players, they're yeah. staying around and we're actually able to start connecting with some of these guys on the college basketball front again. And it's, it's, it's just cool. I, it, to me, it's been the best, the best thing for college basketball has been that. And, you know, I think that, you know, other than the fact that UConn's going to win like seven of the next 10 titles because of Hurley, you know, it's going to be awesome to watch. Illinois got two guys back. Hawkins and Shannon are back. Shit. I missed that. Illinois should be good. Um, What's his name at Creighton? Um, Alexander, right? Something Alexander. And, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, my God. Trey Alexander. Yeah, Trey Alexander. Yeah. He's back. Creighton was low-key really good last year. Creighton pissed me off the entire year because they always ranked, they always showed really good in the metrics, and they just had a rough, like, December and early January. And I kept on being like, Creighton's really good. And they just kept on losing yeah. fucking games. I was like an idiot. And then they go on the run. And I'm like, God dang it. Yeah. So at uh, a Dean Bona, it's going back to UCLA. Uh, Arthur Kaluma going back to Creighton. Uh, I mentioned Terrence Shannon is going back to Illinois. Uh, Kobe Brown from Missouri is staying in the NBA draft. I think a lot of people thought he was going to transfer to Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Who, who's the kid? Who did Ole Miss just pick up out of the transfer portal? Kid from St. Peter's, is it? Yeah, Jalen Murray. Nice. He, uh, yeah, he was cooking people in that run they had in March Madness. Yeah, I was going to say that was one of the games. Yeah. Dude, when you, when you can get a point guard from the Bronx, literally, Ed Coda, baby. Red Coda, you can get it. If you can get a point guard from any of the four boroughs, you're good. You have to do it. Uh, oh, last thing. Uh, Nellie Davis and Elijah Martin are going back to FAU. That's big. Fuck. They'll be a legit top 25 team next year. Yeah, we had to deal with them this year, too. Oh, playing them? Yeah, they're in the conference this year, I think. AAC? I think so. Huh. Oh, speaking of Arizona, did you see Caleb Love is going to Arizona? 
I did see that. That's a better choice than Michigan. What happened to Michigan? They're on their way down. Like they're not good anymore. They got to get rid of. I I hesitate to say that because I mean I think he could turn it around. Um. Hey man, it's always been a weird job, other than um, John Beeline in our lifetimes, really. That's been, you know, Tommy Amaker was there and, you know, never Tommy really Her- got Tommy over the hump. <laughs> Fucking vampire. But it's like, that's Dude, just never age. been, yeah, it's just never been a good, to, to me, it's never been a job that it should have been, other than John, John Beeline was a, a miracle worker there, but, um, it's just kind of odd. It's like, why is it? Why is it a tough job? It shouldn't be tough, especially now that they have Jumpman. I mean, I think that you're you're a brand that I think the expectations are so high, but you're competing against you're competing against places that seemingly it's probably a little bit easier to get kids in and kind of easier to deal with the politics of it and things like that. I mean, Michigan looks at itself as some weird, you know, Midwestern Ivy league school for whatever reason. And yeah, I just think that it takes a, a special coach to get in there and work around the administration and get things figured out. And, you know, I think John Beeline in his way was kind of like Mac Brown in the sense of, you know, he was just able to push all the right buttons within the administration and within boosters and things like that and could get them over the hump. It's not like it's not like John Beelan was getting, you know, you know, blue chip recruits or anything. He just got the guys in there that he'd get in there and they turned out to be pretty damn good. Yeah, I it is it, it is puzzling to me because they flashed here and there. Yeah. And they've had some good years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think now with NIL, I mean, Michigan's got what's the alumni number at this point? I mean, they have so much it's money. Insane. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, and, and Ann Arbor's a great college town. I mean, you they just you, need to threaten to fire Juwan Howard like they did. Uh, <laughs> Like they did, uh, fucking like I'm thinking of his brother, not him, Jim. I was thinking John Harbaugh. I was like, no, Jim Harbaugh. They need to threaten to fire him like yeah. they did Jim Harbaugh, and maybe he'll start uh, winning some uh, basketball games. Yeah, I mean, it can't. It, the weather can't be a deterrent for every prospect. No, because I mean, it, Tom Izzo gets kids. <laughs> yeah, which I think they got two guys back today as well. I think. Uh, Hoggard and another guy are back. Oh, great. I'll, I'll have to watch shitty fucking Michigan State basketball and have people tell me that, you know, Mr. March is going to win the Final Four and it's like, blow me. Like, he Death, sucks. Taxes, Tom Izzo in March. <laughs> this shitty fucking Drew Neitzel. Yeah. I, I wonder, I bet Drew Neitzel still wakes up in a cold sweat every now and then thinking of Joey Dorsey windmilling on him. Whatever, whatever AAU team he's coaching right now. Oh, God. He's, 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 you know, Drew Neitzel's probably doing well for himself. He's probably pretty successful. I, I'm sorry, Drew Neitzel. That was mean. Noted noted listener of the pod, Drew Neitzel. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, Mich- I, all jokes aside, Michigan State, Took K State to the brink this year. 
God, I was so were, happy. I, I thought they were going to do it. I was like, motherfucker. I'll be honest with you, man. I got a little lemon booty during that game. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, because I think I just talked, I think I talked massive, massive amounts of crap against Michigan State on the podcast before on, that. And I'm like, I was say, on this show. I'm like, oh, my God. Not in the oh. garden, though. Not with the no, king not, of New York in, in the Not building. at the garden. Yeah, not, not there. The garden. With the, I, I was gonna, I was about to say with the ghost of Bill Snyder looking down upon him, but I don't think Bill Snyder's dead. <laughs> Bill Snyder Family Stadium looking down on him. <laughs> Probably like the, the coolest thing in college football is like, well, no, we're we're not gonna do corporate sponsors. We're just gonna name it after the whole fucking family. <laughs> the coolest thing was him retiring, Ron Franklin taking over the program, running it into the ground. And him being like, God dang it. I got to come back and fix it again. Oh, man. And then he found the true Tim Tebow, Colin Klein, and, you know, started winning games. Shout out. Shout out to Lane Trotman. Huge Colin Klein fan back in the day. He was so mad that he didn't win the Heisman. (laughs) They just got boat raced by Baylor in that game. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, dude, that reminds me because when you referenced, uh, let me find, hold on, let me find this guy. It was okay, Bill Snyder first coached his first year was 1989, and they were it wasn't Ron Franklin, it was Stan Parrish. Or wait, no, hold on. Stan Parrish was before Bill Snyder, and he fucking sucked. Well, yeah, when Snyder took them over, they were like the worst program in... Oh, Ron Prince, not Ron Franklin. Ron Prince, not Ron Franklin. Because I was like, hold on. Ron Franklin noted badass journo from Jackson that I met. Ron Franklin, I apologize. Great tweed jacket on him when I met him. Ron Prince. Yeah, Ron Prince. What a bomb. What a dick. Just what a dick just running the program into the ground. I didn't even remember your name. That's how insignificant you are, Ron <laughs> Prince. I didn't even remember your name. He was the head coach. Uh me in Virginia for a second, too. Yeah, he was special. Uh, <laughs> let's run through the resume of Ron Prince. Good lord. Dodge City Community College volunteer coach. Big time. Good community college, though. Dodge City, yeah. It is. Uh, Alabama AM offensive line coach one year. Go South Jackets, Carolina. right? Uh, they are the Aggies. No, Bulldogs. Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, South Carolina State O line coach one year. There we go. JMU O line coach. Look at that. For three years. Cornell O-line coach, Virginia. Uh, Then he got promoted to OC at Virginia. Then head coach at Kansas State. 2006 to 2008, and then they kicked him out, gave him the boot, went back to Virginia as special teams coach, then had a run in the NFL with the Colts and the Jags. Then he was with Rutgers for one year. Then he went to the Lions for four seasons. Then he went to Michigan as an offensive analyst in 2018. And then uh, he was the head coach at Howard for one year. 
Jesus. So he was That's insane. Hour- Hold on, let me see what his what was his win loss? He went one and eight at Howard, and they're like the board. Yeah, he went seven and six his first year at K State. They lost in the Texas Bowl. And then he went back to back five and seven seasons. You can't do that on the in the little apple. You can't be throwing that out there. Can't be can't be a big old bag of trash. No. Up in Manhattan, Kansas. Um also, what's crazy about that resume is whenever you look at coaches on Wikipedia, that is the resume more or less for most of them you look up. Oh, they're just lifers. It's just insane, though, man. It's like there's a kid that works for us at the golf course that that's what he wants to do. He wants to be a you know football coach. And it's, I mean, good Lord, man, God bless you. But that's a, that's a nomadic, insecure lifestyle or unsecure lifestyle. Dude, that was like uh, I was talking to a coach um, a couple months ago and got his number from a uh, colleague in the industry. Shoot, shot him a text, introduced him, told him who I was. Like, hey, you know, the the basics. Like, yeah, hey, you you scratch my my back, I'll scratch yours. Type, you know, hey, we'll we'll bounce some stuff off each other. And then I text him maybe like a week or two later to ask a question about something. And it went through as a green text. And I was like, oh, God, like, doesn't have the number anymore. And then he texted me on Memorial Day. <laughs> told me, told, told me, happy Memorial Day. And it was like, hey, I got a new number. So, like, imagine how many cell phones they go through. Just, I mean, constant amount. And then same on the same, on the flip side of that, talk to another coach who still has a Baton Rouge number from a job he had like a decade ago. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just never changed the number. I ain't changing. Dude, I wouldn't change. <laughs> Meanwhile, recruits just aren't picking up because they're like, nah, I don't want to go to Baton Rouge, man. You know, I can't get down I mean, with all them folks. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, like I've had the same cell phone number since 2002, 2001. Yeah, it was, yeah. 2003 around there. No, I stayed away from, I stayed away for a good while. I didn't get a cell phone until 05. I think, I think I got it. Oh, three or four. Cause yeah, I didn't actually get my own cell phone until I got a driver's license. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, but oh yeah, I would I would never change my number now. Wait, it's like Michael Scott when he's mad about moving to Denver and he's like, all the channels are going to be different. Uh, ooh, another college basketball news. Jordan Walsh, Arkansas, power forward, staying in the NBA draft. I mean, honestly, it probably won't affect Musselman. He'll get it done. I, yeah. No, they'll be fine. Yeah. Which they did. They did finally whiff in the portal. Ron Holland, the former Texas signee that got out of his LOI, he's just going to the G League. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that right before I hopped on those. That was a class asshole on the bottom line. If Arkansas had gotten him, it'd just wrap it up. They'd probably win the SEC. Old Bud Walton's going to be rocking. 40 minutes of hell. <laughs> Is he still alive? I was just thinking that. I just didn't want to say anything. I, He's looked good for 30 he years. Is. He's 81. Jesus Christ. 
I saw him at a Wendy's one time in Memphis. Dude looked mean as shit. I remember seeing him one time at a at an Arkansas Memphis basketball game that I was at in the pyramid. It was after he had gotten fired, but he was just at the game anyway. And he was I swear to God, he was wearing a white suit. It was like fucking patino. I was like, good lord. Hell yeah. Looking like doing a KFC infomercial. Oh, dude, dude, we got Patino next year at St. John. Oh my God, I'm so pumped up. Like that's the, that's that's the thing, man. Like people, and I think a lot of people that we're friends with are just such big college football people. And like I love college football. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a Memphis fan, so I understand that there are limits and and limitations to what my team can do, <laughs> even if they are extremely successful. You know, we're topping out at whatever whatever bowl game gets slotted in that year for, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the, the, you know, sisters of the poor, we're going to throw you a little something and we'll let you be in this one. Maybe I'll get and you to the pop tarts bowl. Did you see that? that rowdy. They're just going to throw pop tarts on people. Constantly. My kid's going to ask for tickets to that for Christmas or some shit. Just it's, it's funny that like college basketball is I don't know, man. It just it just seems like it's set up for a good year coming at the end. It's, I know it's fucking June or whatever. It's end of May, June. But God dang, man, it just seems so like many, there's just a so lot many, that's going to go on. Big name coaches, a lot of intrigue, and then a lot of big time players when we just ran through the, the gamut yeah. of who's coming back. But yeah, Patino at St. John's. <clears throat> Honestly, like not even, you know, Toot the alma mater's horn here, but I mean Chris Beard at Ole Miss is very intriguing. I I had my first conversation with like an old like old Miss guy at the golf course that I mentioned the basketball team, and he said very nonchalantly, "Well, yeah, we're gonna win." Uh, I mean, I do like okay. So I was like, okay, man. Like, all right. So how about this? So we talked about this on our show today. Like a month or two ago, we set the over-under at 18 and a half wins. Now with the portal success and several guys coming back, like Matthew Morrell announced he's coming back to Ole Miss. Um, Jamin Brakefield is staying. uh, And then they got a ton of guys in the portal. We were saying today, the number's 20 and a half. Are you going over or under? I think that's a good number to really make you think. Just trying to hit the SEC. Because, yeah, I mean, another team that was just absolute garbage last year but killed it in the portal, Matt McMahon and LSU. God, they were terrible, yeah. So that's just another team that's going to be good in the SEC. (laughs) And now you have to think like Vandy and Jerry Stackhouse, like I don't – Myself included, I don't think a lot of people thought it would work. And he's doing okay. Well, the the one thing that I would say that would put me on the over with that would be I think that I'm trying to think. I mean, who would you put ahead of Beard in the SEC? As a coach? Yeah. Uh, well, Musselman. I was going to say, I, I, Musselman, I would agree with. And I'm talking about now, not like, not, not 
Okay. Not historically, like right now. I mean, I understand historically, John Calipari is John Calipari. But would you take if you were if if you were an AD at a program and you could get your pick of Chris Beard or John Calipari, who are you taking? Right now, I'm taking Chris Beard. Exactly. Now, which isn't you would think is insane to say because Calipari has a title, but. He's a little stagnant at this point. It's very stagnant. Um, yeah, I would probably say looking at the names in the conference right now, I would put Nate Oates and Eric Musselman ahead of Chris Beard for sure. Um, Cal Perry's, uh, that's a tricky one. I think I might give him the edge just barely. So... The funny thing about Calipari is if he wasn't in Kentucky, he would have moved on by now because I think, I think he's tired of, of what it is, but where does he go? What are you going to do? Right. You know, I mean, he's at arguably one of the best jobs in the game. That's my thing. And, And he's, he's old enough now to where he's not going to, I mean, I say that when Rick Pitino did what he did, but you know, But Sorry. I just arrived at our house, so have to have to bark. Got to. You got to make everybody aware. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, the run that Chris Beard had at Texas Tech, and then as good as he was at Texas for he got the boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and then I mean, Texas Tech they, they were a nobody. Like that program was nothing, and then he turned it into what it is now. But you mean shit, not- didn't he? He won. He won a game or two in the NCAA tournament at UALR too, didn't he? Wasn't he at Arkansas? <laughs> he beat Purdue. Yeah, as a 15 oh, okay. seed, <laughs> and it all comes back around, folks. Full That's, circle. That is professional broadcasting, right there, folks. Yeah, he won. Had that, 30, had that in the holster for a while. He won 30 plus games there. Jesus. Uh, West West Flanagan was on that staff. Who's now with them at Ole Miss after being at Auburn? Um, oh wait, you're not, you're not putting you're not putting Bruce Pearl ahead of him. It's close. I think Bruce Pearl's a good coach. I think he's a really good coach. I think he catches a lot of heat for no fucking reason whatsoever. Like you're Auburn, but he's also he's all, outside he of Charles heat, Barkley. You've even, done nothing. He. He also catches a lot of heat though, because even other coaches don't like him. Like he's not one of those guys like where other coaches like defend him and everything. Other you coaches think people don't like him. him. Really? Huh? You think he people turned, don't like him? He in other coaches for violations constantly in the Horizon League when he was at UW Milwaukee. Go Panthers! I mean, Jesus, the guy's like I feel, a little. I feel dark. like he's. I feel like he. I mean, that was years ago. I feel like he's a little bit more likable now. Unless you're a Horizon League coach, former Horizon League coach. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's still a lot of good coaches in the league. Like, I mean, Todd Golden was a guy that I was telling Ole Miss people, hey, this is a real dude. Yeah. He, I mean, worked wonders at, at San Francisco. Um, he's at Florida now. I mean, dude, everybody, like Mike White at Georgia has gotten a couple dudes in the portal. Florida's gotten some dudes. Um, I already mentioned McMahon and LSU and Missouri is going to be interesting. I think Dennis Gates is a hell of a coach. 
but they lost Kobe Brown. Yeah. And I think I want to say they had a pretty veteran team that this past year and they probably lose a lot. Um, Buzz. Buzz is a great coach. It's funny. We haven't mentioned him yet. Um, Rick Barnes can't win in March, but he's a hell of a coach in the regular season. He's like the he's like the Mike Bianco of college basketball. No, he is. But Mike Bianco now older, has a title. He's just the older version of Matt Painter. That's just what Matt Painter's going to become eventually. Rick Barnes looks like the Dana Carvey turtle character. I mean, if you look at a picture of him, like his his mouth is so much bigger than his teeth. What's bad and like I know I shouldn't say this as a Memphis fan, but Rick Barnes also just seems like he's probably a very nice human being. Just a very like he he looks like a guy that is if you're playing golf with him, he's giving you like an eight footer. Like yeah, we're good, good. Yeah, and he's like, come on, pick us. We're having fun out here today. Now yeah, maybe that correlates yeah. into other things as to maybe what he is sometimes. He ain't got that, but, he ain't got that dog in him. No, he ain't got that dog in him. He ain't got that Jimmy Butler in him. Like, I mean. Or is it a dog has a Jimmy Butler in him? <laughs> the x-ray of the dog with Jimmy Butler in there. Jimmy Butler's head. <laughs> yeah, like if, you're, like if you're playing golf with Chris Beard, he's like, no, nah, I need you to put that. <laughs> like Eric Musselman is, is probably dressed like a complete asshole. 100%. And is like, no, 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 you have to put it. Yeah. Nate Oates doesn't even say anything. You don't even look at him to say good, good, good. Like Nate Oates just doesn't. Nate Oates looks over in the woods and you look over and a former player of his just has a gun. (laughs) And you're like, oh, yes, that means I'm not going to going to ask for this one. And Nate Oates is like, looks like you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'll still I. Look, and Nate Oates, he might be a good guy. But just the the fact that, once again, my fandom gets in the way of this. God forbid a Memphis player back in the day get into a scuffle at senses or something, and it was the end of the fucking world, and we should get rid of the basketball program. And then all this shit happens in Tuscaloosa, and it's like – Is it Robert Dozier? uh, Dozier, uh, Jimmy Hunter got in trouble there. I wonder what he's doing. Jimmy Snap Hunter. Uh, he got in trouble there. I imagine Andre Allen probably was there a time or two. Uh, yeah. Um, Selling something in the parking lot. I think Will Coleman got in trouble there one time. Hell yeah. Like just, just multiple. Like, and it was always just the next I mean, day dude, at work. That's what you do when you're like 6'10 and you go out in public. For yeah. some reason, People want to talk shit to you when you're three times the size of a normal human. I don't yeah. understand it. It's not smart. It makes no sense. That's the li- liquid courage where people are just idiots. People are just um, dumb. Speaking of uh, Nate Oates and firearms, I did see that Brandon Miller showed up to like interviews and stuff with like a signed statement from an attorney that like, hey, I can't answer questions about it. Which, if you're not guilty, you you don't need that, right? I love that it got so out of hand with all the bullshit that Nick Saban finally had to, like, comment on it. Yeah, and, then did, he, yeah. and then he was like, oh, that wasn't about that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah it was, Nick. Yeah. Come on. He's like, I'm just uh, really tired of this Nate Oates guy. <laughs> he tries to have better uh, sports coach than me. No. Not a chance. Not going to happen. Um. 
What's uh, Nate Oates probably could use this advice after the regular season he had, and I guess the tournament he had. Probably had a lot of sleepless nights. Probably uh, got into the uh, the brown water a good bit. But what's uh, what's like your best hangover cure? Uh, best hangover cure was back in the day. Of course, after I was twenty one years old, but back in the day. My uh, my mom would make pink lemonade Kool-Aid and she would use, I would say, conservative country times. No, no, no. Kool-Aid like the pink lemonade. Like, oh, Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Okay. She would conservatively use, I would say, eight pounds of sugar in it. And there was something about like that next morning I would wake up and I would go for the water. I'd say, no, 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 this is not water. But I would drink basically the whole like jug of that. And I would make myself like a, just like a, like an egg and cheese, like sandwich. And I was good to go. Absolutely good to go every time. So I'll say this. It's, it's been a while since I've been like truly tough scene hungover. Yeah. Like I, I typically do a pretty good job just in regular life of hydrating. Yeah. So that helps. And then you learn over time, like not to mix. Like if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to get into it heavy, if you're going to get sauced, you, you got to stick with, you know, yeah, some domestics, maybe a couple mixed drinks. Keep it there. Yeah. Between choose the a road and, to go down and stay with it. I was going to say mustard and mayo. Um, but if I did, if I do feel like shit, I always have to, uh, hot shower. I use the facilities, got to flush the system out a uh, cup of coffee. Typically I'm good to go after that. If I'm still in bad shape, nothing beats the golden arches. Just go get a bacon, egg and, bacon, egg, and cheese and do it a fountain Diet Coke or a fountain Dr. Pepper from McDonald's. It just, it truly hits different. And then, dude, I get like four hash browns. And then we're good. You're good. Well, I, I find the hot shower interesting. Because normally, I'm if I drink a ton, I run a little hot anyway. But if I drink a ton, I'm going to run even hotter. And I'll wake up just in a pool of my own sweat, just like hot and I just, I will literally just take uh, all cold shower. Yeah. So for me, cold showers are, they have a very, they have a very uh, specific niche for me. It's which I don't you know, humble brag here. I don't cut my own grass anymore, but when I would cut the grass, it was cold shower all day. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, you can't get the, like the shower sweats in our area of the country after cutting the grass and taking a somewhat hot shower, it's, it's miserable. Like you literally have to just stand in the bathroom naked for like 10 minutes to like, yeah, you'll never dry after that. Yeah. Point yeah you never it draw. sucks. Um, now I will say like after a good, so like I've just recently got into cycling. Yeah. Like a good road bike ride with a couple dads in the neighborhood. It's a little toasty. It's like a midday ride. I'll do like a lukewarm to somewhat cold shower. Yeah. Cooling the body down a little bit. Yeah. The hot shower for me is just more about like, it's just comfortable. Just relaxes you. And yeah. 
And then also like, it almost kind of works as like a sauna where I'm like yeah. flushing everything out. Um, and I, I think we should to be responsible in case there are any youngins that are listening to this podcast. Really the, the one true hangover cure is like three or four packs of BC powder and you're, you're good to go. Yeah. I did that in college a couple of times and just like the aftertaste of BC powder just sucks. Like you can't get rid of it. It's just like in your mouth for like 12 hours. You chase that down with more alcohol and it, it covers <laughs> that pretty. <laughs> what did you think when we were in Scottsdale or wait, did you arrive when we were getting the IVs? Yeah, I arrived when y'all were getting the IVs. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it was a placebo effect or what, but I didn't feel any different. And I don't, maybe it's like a reverse placebo effect. I I remember a couple of you guys saying that. If I'm I not do mistaken. remember I do remember feeling like a little more energy. But it like yeah, a couple of the guys were like, "Oh man, you're gonna instantly be like back to 100." percent Like I was still kind of groggy and still dragging a little bit. Well, what was funny about that trip to me is, like, I was so conscious that trip of staying hydrated, just how hot it was. Like you, oh, yeah. like you said, you're good with hydration. I'm the guy that would fail like the little Tom Herman piss chart. Like I'm the guy that would fail that. Like I will, yeah, like, I will like brown like, piss. Yeah. I mean, it looks like sweet tea. Sometimes it's bad. Like I'm like, what am I bleeding from? But <laughs> on that trip, I was like, I don't want to die. Like I could, I could honestly die out here. I don't want to die. And I was All so this, good about dude. The starter at week was like saying that. Oh, I mean, he was like, dude, he's like, dude, we've had to have uh, ambulances come out here. Yeah, the turn to get guys. No, and I was just like, I'm gonna refuse it. Now, Augusta this year, complete fucking shit show. I mean, it was fucking. I I honestly did think I was bleeding. Um, it was it was bad, you know. But that was I brought a bunch of BC when you, powder. <laughs> when you can get, when you can brown out for like thirty five bucks, I mean, come on, what else are you gonna do? It's the best, man. It's the best. Um, yeah, I just wake up on the floor asleep, and you're just like, yeah, I guess it was comfortable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't have any like fancy cure, like any cheat code for hangover. Yeah, and, and, just... and, and most of the time, I think those are placebo effects. I, th- I think it's you know the guy that says, no, I, I go to this restaurant and I get you know this stuff, or I go get you know this you know noodle dish or something or thing like that. It's like, no, man, like you still feel like shit. Like you might feel a little bit better because you just ate some good food, or you know you might feel a little better because you started drinking again and that, but eventually yeah. you got to just drink a shit ton of water. Yeah. Take a little bit of medicine if you want to, and you'll be good. Dude, it's gotta be, it's gotta be ice cold water for me. Oh God. I can't do room temp or no. like a, grab a bottle of water out of a pack. Like it's gotta be. No, I keep one of those. I keep one of the glass pitchers in the fridge. I break about three of them a year normally, but Florida? Oh, it's glass. No, 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 just glass. You don't got to use Brita in the Memphis area. Memphis tap water, folks. Don't use a filter. That's true. The reservoir. Right in there. So ideal. Good. The best. So you're like the Draper household with your pitcher of water. Just pitcher of water right there. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think there is some science to like greasy food soaking up the alcohol that's in your system. I do think there's something to that. Yeah. There's something about breakfast greasy to me that makes it better. I was going to say, like, I, I I don't crave, like, a Five Guys burger if I'm on Kofi. No. 
No, like I, I need a breakfast sandwich, hash browns, or like an omelet or like toast. Something hey, heavy. Cleve will appreciate appreciate this, but shout out to the old school steak, egg, and cheese bagel at McDonald's. Dude, I went over the weekend and I thought of that and I was like, hey, do y'all still do bagel sandwiches? Because dude, that I would get the bacon, egg, and cheese on the bagel. And you know what? You as a as a former resident of New York City, I was gonna I say would, <laughs> I would get slapped around for saying this, but dude, I I think it was like made it even better that the bagels were just so chewy. Oh, just amazingly, yeah, yeah. Like just amazingly average. Like not good <laughs> bagels, but just greasy bacon, egg, and cheese. Awesome. Un undefeated. Um, all right, real quick, uh, before we get to the final topic here, uh, NBA finals, what do you think? Um, I, I think that eventually a better team has to beat the heat. So I will say, I think yes. the Nuggets are going to win the NBA championship, but, um, I I, I don't fucking know. It, it, the reason you have a seven-game series and multiple rounds and this and that is that it should take away some of the randomness. So eventually right. the randomness of the Miami Heat getting to the NBA Finals goes away and the better team wins. It happened in the bubble. It's going to happen here. The, the Nuggets will win, but damn if the Heat don't make it go seven games or something. I'm going to go... I'm going to say Nuggets and six. Okay, yeah. I think Hemi Butler's going to get two. But Shit, I don't even know if I'm worried about him. What's the kid from Nevada that played for Musselman, the Martin kid or whatever? That kid hit constantly against the Celtics. Oh. I mean, just what a sad state of affairs. I mean, couldn't have happened to a better franchise for the Celtics to just shit the bed in game seven. You hate to see it, right? The only, the only person I maybe felt sort of bad for was Joe Mazzula. That was the only person I kind of felt bad for. I was I was gonna say the the amount of images on Twitter that were making the rounds, and then I was getting texts of these images of Dave Portnoy just oh just sulking. Well, and also, and I'll just say this: Jason Tatum is better at what he does than I will ever be at anything in my life. I understand that, folks. I do. You turned your ankle. True. Okay. Do not come out after the game in which you got dominated again and go, well, I was just a shell of myself. Get off the court then. If, you, if, if you're that much of yeah, a shell of yourself or you can't contribute, get just off the court. Just own it. Yeah, get off the court. If you're that hurt, get off the court. I mean, don't sit there after the game and say, well, I was a shell of myself. Come on, dude. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. LeBron played the entire playoffs with what, like a torn tendon or something? I saw that. He had something. Yeah, something torn. Uh, yeah. So all the bullshit about him being soft. Come on, miss me with that, dude. Dude, almost had a triple double. But the shit with the shit with Tatum with though, reminds flicks. me of like. You know, uh, Baker a couple of years ago, and they're like, well, he's playing through an injury. This and I'm like, well, don't. 
Like you suck. You have now. Somebody else. Yeah, like quit. Like go feel. Yeah. Like it's fine. It's a so, professional yeah. professional basketball organization. Put somebody else yeah. out there. Exactly. So I that, get, that I was get he's your best player and like your your franchise guy, but it's a game seven. Yeah. There isn't like, well, we didn't get him. We'll get him in game eight. All right. Um, so we'll close with this. We we talked about steroids earlier. Um, this, I found a run of some just absolutely insane stats about Barry Bonds, who, after reading this, could be in the conversation for the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, some of his numbers are pretty fucking stupid. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you ready? Yeah. There's a bunch of them. If Barry Bonds, this one's kind of kind of funny, but still. If Barry Bonds played his home games at Coors Field in 2001, he would have hit 88 home runs. Uh, From 2001 to 2004, Barry Bonds was worth 47.3 war. That's more than the entire Expos, Tigers, Royals, Brewers, and Mets teams during that time period. <laughs> Which I'm making sure that's to say such this. a stupid stat. Like, good Lord Almighty. Like, how do you say that's this? almost like you can't even mention it because it's almost like, well, no, you're wrong. There's no way it works out like yeah. that. Like, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, wins above replacement. It has the F in front uh, of it. I don't even know what the F why is the F there, but um all right, from same time period, 0104, he played in 573 games and reached base in 539 of them. That's 94% of his games. Jesus Christ. Uh 2004, he had four more home runs than strikeouts in the season. Uh he posted a 400 on base percentage and two strike counts in five seasons. Jesus. Uh he had a career OPS of 986 against Hall of Fame pitchers. For reference, the league-wide average OPS was 706 in the 2022 season. Jesus Christ. Um, His career OPS in the World Series was (laughs) 1.994. Two decades later, he still holds career records for on-base, slugging, and OPS in the World Series. Um, He single-handedly tried to beat the Angels in that series. He almost did. Yeah, Uh, He had 25 more intentional walks than the entire Tampa Bay Rays franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 49.1% of Barry Bonds' career hits were extra base hits. That's just fucking ridiculous. I mean, he could fly back in the day. Almost half his hits. Um, From ages 38 to 42, he stole 21 bases and was only caught stealing one time. Uh, He's the only member of the 500 home run, 500 stolen base club. No other player has 350 plus in both categories. I mean, some of those just sound made up. Well, it's one of those things that it's like, and I understand that people will have their feelings about him and they're deep seated. They're not going to change or anything, but he truly is the example of what if one of the best people to ever do what he does Take some performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what happens is video game numbers, literally video game numbers happen. So you know this because you know sports, but, um, and I'm sure you played baseball at some point and you understand the game. Um, in simplistic terms, 
you're trying to hit a round object with another round object. Yeah. It's very difficult. Um, so being super strong and taking a bunch of steroids doesn't automatically make you a great baseball player. No. If that was the case, then power lifters would do it. So being one of the whole, greatest baseball players of all time makes you a great baseball player. Right. So I get the, oh, I get the well, steroids are going to make you a lot stronger. You're going to hit the ball farther, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But the dude was still a world-class hall of fame hitter before the steroids. So like, this isn't yeah. like, Oh, well he was only good because of steroids. No, that's just fucking stupid. Um, yeah, cause that, that's the thing. Like the guys that really dig in their heels over his hall of fame candidacy and stuff like that. Okay. Just delete the entire last part of his career and just judge him on what we know. Like 100% no is a non-steroid using Barry Bonds and that guy's still a hall of famer. Yeah. So, you know, that that's the one thing that bugs me about the the self-righteousness of, of the Baseball Writers Association and stuff like that. It's like, come on, guys. You know, there, there's plenty of bad people that did bad things that are in this hall. You know, delete what you think was the incorrectness of what he did, and he's still a Hall of Famer, put him in there. Well, I remember, like, he – I mean, this isn't like a 100% fact, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty accurate. But the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa chase for 61, that whole thing like pissed him off. Yeah, according to everything that's come out, that's like basically verified true. That is a true statement. Like he was pretty much like, I'm better than both of these guys and they're getting all this attention and everybody's just awing over them. He was like, that's bullshit. He's like, I'm just going to bury them. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he had that conversation with like Griffey and was like, well, I'm going to do this. And Griffey, I think was like, well, I'm not like, I, you know, I've got a bunch <laughs> of shit that's going wrong with me anyway. Like I don't need to introduce more shit. Griffey was and, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the steroids that go straight to my belly. Yeah, exactly. Um, AKA good food and beer. Yeah. Uh, the last two stats here, these are pretty insane. So in 2004, the top four hit leaders in the National League were Juan Pierre, Mark Loretta, Jack Wilson, and Adrian Beltre. They all had 200 or more hits. Barry Bonds had 373 at-bats. He could have gotten zero hits. That's 0 for 373, and he still would have had a higher on-base percentage than all of them. <laughs> Just, okay, last one. If you played 162 games and went two for five with a single and a home run in every game, you would have still had a lower OPS than Barry Bonds in 2004. That's nuts. Four had to have been the year that – because he got walked with the bases loaded, right, one time? Yeah. Famously, if I remember right. That video was going around on Twitter the other day. Yeah, that has – so, 04 has to be the year that happened then. All right, let's look it up. 2004, Barry Bonds – uh, played in 147 games. Uh, he was an all-star and the MVP. Um, that was his four straight MVP award. He hit 362 OBP of 609 slugging 812 OPS 1422. Um, where are the home run? 45 home runs, 101 RBIs. Uh, 27 doubles, three triples, 
Uh, only struck out 41 times. That's insane. That's nuts. It's in 617 plate appearances. Just unreal. Like he's a, like he's probably in the modern era. It's probably him and Tony Gwynn are the, like the two most elite hitters yeah. of all time. Yeah, you have guy not, not a Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Famer. It's ridiculous. Oh, I digress. Um, that that might be my new like my new fight that I pick at parties and stuff. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the goat. <laughs> I mean, it's if, it's one if, that if like some, stats can someone... back up fairly easily. The only argument they're going to have is a moral argument, and like I said, if you want to talk about morals in baseball, then find me some decade that I don't know about because I, you know, <laughs> it, it's never been good, folks. It's never been good. Yeah, it's Jesus. Um, yeah, miss me with that. Yeah, and, and if I do that, and someone brings up Babe Ruth, I'm going to throw a beer bottle at their face. <laughs> and I understand all the stats and all the war and everything, but come on, like Barry Bonds, the pitchers that he faced versus who Babe Ruth faced. And I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I always say you can't compare eras when talking about like Jordan versus LeBron. But I still think you could put either one in either era and Barry Bonds is going to be better. I would, uh, Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, I don't know. Hell of a case for for the goat there. For Mr. Yeah, the better argument with that is is like Bob Gibson's best year versus like Pedro's best year. Oh yeah, like comparing eras and stuff like that. Like the, very some of that similar pitchers wild. too. Yeah, some of that shit's like wild, man. And I just <laughs> laugh every time I see Pedro on like the TBS coverage now because he's just like he's he's got talking like about talking about chin. going to your gut. He's got more chins than me and is just happy <laughs> and like he is just he's just ready for it, man. I'm like, it's man, funny. Live, live, live your best life, brother. Live your best life. It's funny because you see guys like him and Griffey. Um, like, I mean, even Barry Larkin. I mean, we're not body shaming here. I mean, just, you know, just yeah. pro guys that, you know, they're 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 old dads now. It's yeah, got so the dad I'm, body. I'm, yeah, they said I, but but then you have someone like David Ortiz that's like trimmed down, or like Joe Thomas for the Browns. Yeah, that's a that's um, a wild one. What was the we watched that uh, documentary about the Boston Marathon bombing? What was it that David Ortiz said the game that they had after it? Didn't he? It was like you don't fuck with us or something. Yeah, you don't fuck with Boston. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't they didn't bleep it out on live TV. Nope. That was awesome. That was like the only time where I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, Boston. Other times I'm like, I can't stand y'all. But that was that was during a time I was probably watching close to close to a hundred, I would say anywhere from 150 to 160 Yankees games a year. I would get extra innings and just watch games every day. But I would purposely Time it up to where I would flip over to watch Manny and David Ortiz take swings on the yeah. other channel just to see him because I mean it was that there was some theater and some some just Listen kind in. of a there was a moment listening to Michael K. Michael K. Yeah, he's the he's the play by play guy on Yes, right? Yeah, he is. What's his catchphrase? What does he always say? 
Uh, that's what he says when they hit a home run. Yeah, he's see got see and then and then what's his name on the radio? Uh, John Sterling. He's the the Yankees win. The Yankees win. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll you know the three two pitch. Judge leans into this one. See ya. Hey, three games in a row. I was gonna say. Uh, Aaron Judge, the Yankees suck, but Aaron Judge does not. Three three games in a row. We're getting healthy. Hey, steroids are a hell of a drug, baby. Hey, we, and we've only got to contend with the Rays <laughs> and the Orioles. That won't be hard, will it? Jesus Christ. Uh, I think I don't know if I sent it to the group or not. Last thing, there was a tweet going around. This dude was said he was in Tokyo, and he was from Baltimore, and he said he saw a guy on the train that had an Orioles hat, and he went up to him. And took a selfie with him. And the guy was like, he looking at him weird. And he was like, oh man, I, I love your hat. And he said the guy in like a German accent was just kind of like, oh, like I, I, uh, you're talking about the, you know, the baseball hat. Like I don't watch baseball. I just like the duck. <laughs> he called the Oriole a duck. Just broke some poor guy from like Dundalk's heart being like the duck. <laughs> What? You never been to Camden Yards? Fuck out of here. Go down to the water. <laughs> Gonna get some water ice. Figure it out. Get some beer cookies. Jesus. All right. That's going to do it. Rad Dad 24. Um, oh, man. We just missed it. We, we just talked about Barry Bonds. We, we could have saved it for episode 25. But, um, you know, what can you do? What do you say? Yeah, because we didn't mention that it was our Jordan episode for 23. And I was trying to quickly think of a 24 that was famous when I realized that, but I couldn't did mention Griffin. That's right. Yeah, we did mention him. Yeah. We can always, you know, Mamba mentality here on the podcast. That's true. Yeah. Or do you, or do you think of eight when you think of Kobe? I was going to say, I think of eight to tell you the truth. I do think of eight. Yeah. I wore number eight. So that, that jives. Yeah. I like to think I had a mama mentality in my heyday. So, all right, we're going to, uh, we'll do a, we'll do a pulse check on York to make sure he's good. So hopefully uh, be back uh, next week as we all have, well, I think we all have uh, things on our schedule for Thursday, Friday. So no, uh, no second show this week. Memorial day kind of jacked us up and then York was traveling. So We'll be back on. Like I said, and could we're gonna call the hospitals once we're off this and just make sure <laughs> still good. As 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 Jesus would tweet out every Friday, uh, avoid the bookings. <laughs> so I don't think he's in jail. I think I think he's just probably asleep. All right. Appreciate y'all listening. Uh, again, shout out to uh, our sponsors, uh, High Noon, and. Um, Coke yeah, Zero. Coca-Cola. Keeping us oh, fueled, look at that. Keeping us fueled with Coke and, and some DC. We appreciate y'all. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, for Joe, I'm Zach. We out of here. Peace. Peace.